What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. This week, we have the great George Cambosis. I absolutely love this interview, guys. What I love about Cambosis is he is the world champ. He's been on the biggest podcasts in the world, Joe Rogan. He's been on all the huge sporting networks over in America. Yet, when he got back, I shot him a message. I said, hey, mate, we'd love to have you on the podcast. This bloke, on Monday, so public holiday for everyone else, he has just got back to the country a few days ago. You know, you'd think he'd spend it with his family. No, he's such a humble, respectful legend. He made time for me on Monday, came down and sat down and we chopped it up. It was it's just such a great chat. You guys are going to love this. Old fans are going to love this, to, to hear his journey to where he is now. New fans, I mean, we really got to get behind this guy. He is this, the same bloke as he was five years ago. So humble and respectful, yet he's such a warrior. And what he did representing this country and his Greek heritage was incredible a few weeks ago. George Kambosis, the world champion, sits down, talks about you know who his favorite rugby league team is, him being a footy player when he was younger and having to decide between footy and boxing. He talks about the lead-up to his fight against Lopez, which was crazy. Got delayed six times. He talks about going into the backyard of numerous former world champions and getting the win. I mean, it's just an incredible journey. You're going to love this one. Uh, so much respect for your Cambosis. As you can hear, I'm, I'm as I, I love boxing, so it was just such a pleasure for me to sit down and chat with George and just hear his incredible journey. As usual, brought to you by Bloke in a Bar Beer, the beer of sport. Whatever sport it is, if it's Aussie, it's the beer of that. Uh, Crisp, easy drinking. Matter of fact, when George won his title, I was drinking Bloke in a Bar beer. It's beautiful. It's crisp. It's easy drinking. It's smooth. It's not hoppy. It's not fruity. It's just a beer that tastes like real beer. Go to blokeinabar.com. You put in your postcode, and it will show you the local stockers that are close to you. If a local independent bottle doesn't stock it close to you, all you need to do is go in, ask politely. Hey, is it okay if you order some Bloke in a Bar via ALM or ILG, and they should be able to order you some in across the entire nation, wherever you are in the nation. But as usual, let's get straight into it, baby! Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to an extremely special episode of Bloke in a Bar. I say extremely special because this is years in the making. 2016 and 17, I had the great George Cambosis on. He sat down, he looked me in my eyes, and he said, I'm going to be world champ, I'm going to bring the belts back. I said yes, hesitantly. He said no. I'm going to be world champ and I'll bring the belts back. And I said, I believe you. And now we have George Kambosis sitting in front of us four to five years later with all the belts, world champion. Welcome, brother. Absolute pleasure, man. Like we said back many years ago that, you know, I'll come out and, and, and get these belts and mm. we'll do the podcast with, uh, with everything here. Yeah. Even though I'm still missing two, I'm waiting for the other two to come. Oh, you know, man. This, this, is, uh, this is a beautiful, great moment and uh, yeah. looking forward to having a great chat together. What's it like, explain to people, I guess, the feeling, I mean, it'd be hard to explain, but the whole world, or at least the sporting world, but it's bigger than even the sporting world, but the, the spotlight has been on you for at least the last two weeks. What's that feeling like when you're in that moment? Yeah, it's, it's a good feeling, mm. you know, but, um, you know, I stay, you know, focus on, on what I do best, and that's in the gym and, and in the ring, mm. you know, and perfecting my craft, but, you know, to go to the shops now, to go anywhere, yeah. it's pretty crazy. You got... You know, you got mums coming up and saying, "Hey, I've never watched boxing in my life, but yeah. I saw the fight." You know, so you got good. you got grandmas. I went to a coffee shop and like a <laughs> nine-year-old great grandma comes up and she gives me a hug and 
can I get a photo? I didn't even <laughs> no know she had, a, she had an iPhone. <laughs> and I say, it's crazy. It, yeah. It's a good, but it shows the hard years. I've had to put a lot of hard work. I've had to, you know, go under, you know, the, the public's no, you know, notice and, um, mm. you know, grind for this spot. Yeah. And this is just the beginning. There's many more, you know, great moments to come for not only myself, but for the whole country. And you, you brought up a good point because, you know, we often joke about it on, on the show is, you know, a lot of Aussie boxers, you know, they'll fight a bunch of plumbers and they can get good paydays doing that uh, and build quite a career. Um, and I, I even said to the Hello Sport boys, Tom and Eddie, Eddie and Tom um, of Hello Sport fame, I said to him, Cambosis has taken the true, like, he, do, he is not content with Australia. He is a world-class boxer. And so explain to the people, I guess, the difference between, and, and it's no knock on any boxer that wants to fight in Australia, that's great. But you have been travelling to the hometowns of some of the world-class boxers and grinding in, not in the shadows, because we all knew you, but you, you could have taken the easy route with the easy money, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I could have. I could have taken the easy road here and we had that opportunity. When I just beat in Ogilvy and Bala, mm. we had a massive opportunity just to sit in Australia, fool the fans and just lie to myself. But I've never been about that. I've always wanted to take that, that next step. Yeah. If I couldn't make it over there, then all right. I'll stay here and fool the, the fans yeah. like a lot of these guys do here in Australia. But mm. for me, it's, it's about my legacy. Mm. It was always bigger than just money. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm here, I'm sitting in front of these beautiful belts. Oh, I just man. beat, you know, three champions yep. on the road in their hometowns, you know, from Mickey Bay to Lee Selby to beating the undisputed champion, a guy who 20, 25 of the year, top pound for pound fighter, mm -hmm. the biggest name in, in world boxing, yep. such a massive name in the US. To go in there and do did what do what I did, mm. you know, it was no one thought I could do it, but I stayed focused. I knew what I'd do, and um, this is bigger than just you know making a few cup, you know, few hundred thousand dollars here in Australia. Mm. And now look where we are. Now there's oh uh, man, it's incredible. There's big money involved, but um, again, yeah. it's it's about the legacy. Yep, absolutely. It, it's and the 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 crazy thing is is that you know sometimes if you go into the hometown and you knock a fighter out. Some fans can go, that's luck. Yep. It's been three points wins on, in, on the trot. Yeah, yeah. And in hometowns. In their hometowns. Three points, obviously, decisions. Yep. All of them have been split decisions, which, mm. you know, if you get a split decision <clears throat> in a hometown of a former champion or, or undisputed champion, you know that was a unanimous decision. Absolutely. But it was just part of the story. And yeah. um, for some reason, I just see it. I, I, I've like manifested this, but mm. I just see it and I go, you know what? This win will be... Again, another split decision. It's yeah. just meant to be. And, yeah. you know, when, when the uh, referee and the announcer, you know, had us there and we're, we're waiting for the, the decision and they gave obviously one judge to me and the other judge to Lopez, which obviously was, was not the case. And I go, you know what? Here it comes. Yeah. Meant to be another split decision, part of the story. You know, no, I don't think no Australian fighter has ever obviously done this, <coughs> but to go and on the road three times like this, you know, against yeah. champion after champion and after points. undisputed champion points. Yeah. You know, to outclass these guys to show my boxing ability. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great, great moment. You know what? It's, it's a really, it's a tiny, tiny detail. When the fight, the winner gets announced, it's a tiny detail that most people would have missed. But the announcer says, still undefeated. Yeah. And he puts, he thinks he's won. And I was like, this is such a good example of why Cambosis is on mentally another yeah. level because you're still so switched on. I didn't you, realize, yeah. you knew yeah. that that didn't mean yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? You, you weren't fooled into thinking. You no, knew that there was still another just, thing that to I be announced. I was just waiting. I, was, I knew it was coming and the new. Yeah. And um, you know, people were like, after the fight, did you see? He raised his hand up. Because even the rep. That confused yeah. us. Yeah. I said, you know, I was so zoned in on just hearing the words that I continued, continued said throughout, you know, the nine, ten months of preparation yep. throughout all the, mm. you know, days that were postponed. I just stayed focused on, on and the new, and yep. the new. And here it comes. And when they said it, you know, it was just uh, it's a, it's a my father lifted me up. My coaches were going crazy and uh, <sighs> we're trying to get the belts on. There's you know, a million belts. <laughs> yeah. The WBC is trying to throw the shirt on straight away, <laughs> the hat. Um, it was a great moment. The yeah. crowd's going nuts. And, uh, you know, it's a moment that you, you whatever you do on now, mm. you know, obviously now it's and still. Yeah. But that, that first, you know, uh, saying off and the new is something special for every fighter's yeah. you know, you know, career. I thought... I just thought it was such a special moment. To it was such a good example of how focused you were, because a lot of fighters I feel would have got caught up in the moment, seeing the hand raised by the ref and thinking Lopez had won. And but you were just like yeah. locked in, tunnel vision, yeah, locked in. And I was and like, it's such a good example of what made you win the fight, the mental. And that's how I've been throughout the whole preparation, you know. And and for every <laughs> single fight I've ever had, mm. I've always kept that tunnel vision. Walking out to the arena, mm. you know, they're booing me. I can hear it, but I just keep my tunnel vision. Yeah, I'm here for a job, and literally until they say, you know, and the new, you know, that tunnel vision obviously still continues even in the in the. Uh, you know, post-fight interviews, in the media work, everything I did, mm. I stay as a true professional and yeah. um, that's, that's what makes me a different fighter. Yeah. You know, I'm not just a guy that goes in there, slugs it out, wins a the fight. There's so much more that, that, that I bring to the table and the world is seeing that now. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll go back to a young fella, we'll come through your career and then we'll come to the great moment leading up to it. Yeah. And, and, and what's, what makes that moment even greater, and we'll get to it, is the fact that even the build-up was epic even the build-up was something that doesn't usually happen but we'll get to that we'll get to that so obviously um of greek heritage and yep. born in sydney yeah born in sydney yeah born and raised in sydney yeah until i uh decided to take my, my career overseas mm. and so growing up you started boxing actually you know what's crazy is i was watching a post interview with your father and eddie hearn yep. and i was like nearly getting tears in my eyes because your, your father was explaining the journey and i don't want to spoil it but you know, I guess explain to the people how you did get into boxing and you were initially, because you're clearly an athlete, yeah. um, in a rugby league player as well. Yeah, I, I love rugby league. Mm. You know, my, my whole childhood, you know, from under sixes, under sevens, I started playing yeah. in a rugby league. You know, my father's a mad Roosters fan. Obviously, you know, I'm a Roosters fan and would go to all the games and I'd be scrambling as a young kid, you know, watching the games. And I just love that. Every yeah. weekend we're at a footy game. We would travel all over. In Australia to, to go watch the Roosters play, yeah, and coming up in in the uh, footy ranks, the under sixes, sevens, eights, all the way through, it's all I want to do. Mm. And then obviously get to that age where the representative team start, and at the same time I started to put on a lot of weight. I've been off that Greek heritage. My my grandmother's love to feed me great food, <laughs> great food. You know, still today they're trying to feed me. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm an athlete. I can't be having that stuff. They're still trying to force it down my throat. Yeah, um, you know, and I started putting on this weight. And my dad said, look, we've got to do something, you know, in the off-season. Mm. You're not going to make the A-side. No chance. These guys are just, you know, going to be that level above you. won't make it. Mm. And your footy dreams won't be there. Mm. So, because um, we're, we're not far from the Shire, he goes, look, we'll go do the nippers and do the beach running. You're never going to see this 10-year-old, 11-year-old <laughs> Greek kid, overweight, 60-something <laughs> kilos, you know, running down the beach. Never yeah. going to happen. And, yeah, we fell into boxing. He goes, look, how about uh, boxing at the local PCYC? Mm. I said, yeah, 
you know, he goes, you like the Rocky movies? Go, yeah, let's, let's try it. Mm. That first day, he fell in love with the sport and, you know, fast forward three months, four months, you know, I lost, um, you know, like 15 kilos. Wow. And then my footy career, when I come back for the next season, mm. first in everything, I went from front row to, to hooker. Oh, and nice. So I was that little dummy half running of around. Course, and just hooker. That Hooker's the toughest yeah, position. Know, it's just, literally the toughest position. Just, just, just um, everything went better. And obviously I started my boxing career, yep. my amateur career. And <clears throat> it got to a point where I play, uh, I'd have a fight on a Friday night and I'd be playing on the Saturday, you know, oh in the middle God. of the day or early in the morning. So it's physically <laughs> too demanding. Yeah. And then it goes back to my father saying that one day you're going to reach the crossroads. And mm. I knew at that point that, here it is, I, I can't do this anymore. Mm. I've got to put my full love into something. At that stage, my love for the sport of, of boxing was, was too high. So, mm. you know, I'd made the Sharks Development Squad something I wanted to do my whole, my whole life as a child. Yep. And that first day they sat us down, Ricky Stewart come down as, as a Sharks coach. Mm. And uh, he was telling us about the days that we're training, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but they were clashing with my, my boxing days. Mm. So straight away, I knew I wanted to be a fighter. And yep. you know, my father, in the car, because how good we, you made the development squad, something you want to do your whole life. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then I go, did you not hear the, the dates? You know, the days that we're, we're, we're training? Yeah. He goes, no, no, what day? He knew already. And Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And he goes, yeah, and what? I go, that's boxing days. And I say, he goes, well, this is the crossroads. Okay, yeah, I know it. This is what you were talking about. So he gave me the whole weekend. And we come back from, from, uh, from work. And on the Monday, he goes, boxing bag or footy bag? Boxing bag, let's go. Far out. Yeah, and I, uh, I never looked back. I, I stayed focused. I, I perfected my craft and mm. you know, all them years you know, to get to this. Man, you know. it's just uh, that, that decision. And that, that, I guess as a young fella, it's a hard decision because, you know, it wasn't a hard decision, but to, I guess, be so decisive. You know, yeah. as young, as a kid, sometimes you can, you know, float in between sports and think, oh, maybe this. But was there something about the beauty of, being in the ring, another man, one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. What, what was the beauty of boxing the Puria? It, it was it was that raw combat, you mm. know, that one-on-one, that -on -one, <clears throat> you know, feeling between, you got your team, you got your coaches, but you got to go and do it. You mm. know, that discipline of the sport. And ultimately, you know, I came from being bullied, you know, at school and mm. coming last at everything. So boxing, when I fell into boxing, took me out of that place, took me out of that dark place. Mm. You know, so ultimately I fell in love with the sport. And maybe my mind, just thinking out the box, if I didn't, you know, I stopped boxing, continue my footy career, maybe mentally I'd go back to that, that dark place. Yeah, okay. You know, I'd put the weight back on, who yeah. knows? So, you know, I just fell in love with the sport, that, that sheer uh, raw combat, mm. you know, that man on man. And, you know, you can ultimately change your, your future. Yeah. You know, footy, I love footy. You yeah. know, I'm there watching every game, you know, still to, to obviously, this day. Yeah. I'll be overseas and I'm still... You know, trying to find the games and watch the games. Yep. You know, but um, you know, there's nothing like boxing. You know, it's a sport that, you know, once you do it and you and you, you taste that that success and that victory, yeah, you just thrive for more. The sweet science, bro. Yeah. The sweet science. So, so were you like immediately gifted? Because like it was it was weight loss initially, but were you like was you because this uh, the thing with boxing? And I've said this quite a few times, so apologies for the listeners, but. The way I describe it, and this is obviously a very casual boxing fan, but it's like a language. If I yep. watch two Spanish speakers speak a language, it looks easy and beautiful and it flows. But me trying to do it, 
it all of a sudden, wow, that's way yeah. harder than it sounds. And I feel like boxing is very similar. When you look at two pros, it looks smooth, it looks good. But certain boxers have this kind of natural timing, uh, natural balance, uh, natural ability to stay calm and not yeah. tense up. Did you get that initially or did it take time no, to build it? I, I was, you know, people say, wow, you're so fast, so reactive, yep. and so fit and conditioned. But I didn't have any talents as a young kid. Yeah. You know, I was this overweight kid, you know, that fell into boxing by, by luck pretty much by, you know, trying to achieve something else in, in another sport. Mm. But the thing I had was I had heart. I had that, that willpower, that strong, you know, mental side of, of, of a young kid, mm. you know, when when I put myself 100% into something, you know, I'll stay committed, stay focused and be the best that I can. Yep. And as the years progressed, you know, with a lot of hard work, you know, no talent, a lot of hard work, I started to see, okay, I'm good at that. Mm. Okay, I got that, that, that reaction, I got that speed, I got yep. that movement. But just year after year, mm. day after day, just continuous grind, yep. you know, to, to be able to get to this position and, you know, become a, you know, a very good fighter. And, and you know what's crazy is, is you can even see that now as in your last four years of development you know i've been following you closely huge fan seeing the speed and the yep. power increase over that four years is purely due to that day in the day out kind of stuff it is it's every day every day i'm getting better and better and even after this postponement when when lopez tested positive for COVID, i i could have been um you know disheartened from mm. the whole situation i just missed out on you know, 2.1 million US dollars. I just missed out on fighting for the belts at the beautiful Marlins Stadium. I didn't know when the fight was gonna be. I could've said, you know what? I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna get pissed for a week, I'm gonna do whatever, but yeah. I stayed focused, I stayed disciplined, and I took it as, I'm gonna get better every day, because mm. at, the de- at the end of the day, we are gonna fight. And I am gonna be in this position where I win all these belts, so that is a testament to, you know, my focus and yeah. my dedication, discipline to this sport. It's it's, it's like I said, this sport is, is a one of a kind and if you don't have them core elements, mm. you know, the discipline, the dedication, ready to sacrifice, again, the sacrifice is so huge. What I've had to sacrifice, yep. you know, it's, it's incredible. Absolutely. But, um, you know, it's, it's all paid off to, to an extent and there's more to come. Um, yeah, boxing, man, if you... <laughs> it, it just, like, reveals so much character. Yeah. Like, it, it, sometimes, like, you can get a guy that looks like a skinny little nerd or a chubby little kid but they have this this mongrel in yeah. them, this heart. And then you can get this guy covered in tarts, thinks he's tough, walks in, and he's soft as yeah. butter. Um, and so you're right, like boxing is such a reveal of character because the thing with boxing, um, you know, just when I've trained and everything, and the reason why I bring up this example is because I've done both. Obviously, I've played NRL, yeah. um, and then I've done some boxing training. The difference with boxing is, is when I'm tired on an NRL field, I let a try in, it's whatever. Yeah. Uh, I get yelled at on Tuesday with a video session. The fans hate me, whatever. In boxing, when you're tired, someone's trying to yeah. knock you out. Take your head off. And, and you can, that's where most physical damage can happen. Mm. When you're not conditioned, you're tired. You've been hit with a shot. You got to face adversity. Mm. You know, that fight with Lopez, knock him down in round one. Yep. You know, go through the rounds, picking him apart. All of a sudden the cut opens up in round six. I get put down in round 10. That's adversity. Cut from a headbutt you know, too, wasn't From it? a headbutt as yeah. well, another headbutt. Um, you know, against a guy like that, who's the, one of the most, probably the, the most feared guy in the lower division, mm. one of the most feared punches in, in boxing, modern day boxing history. Absolutely. You know, to, to do what I did, you know, that showed the adversity and the character that mm. I have. So you go back to, to that character, you know, it's, 
that's what builds a fighter or builds an athlete. Mm. What you've been through, how hard you've had to go through, you know, to, to get to a certain position. Mm. That's why I love uh, my story, and it really has been, you know, not not given to me. Mm. I've had to really earn it. Absolutely, I've had to really go into the backyards. Mm. You know, no 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 silver spoon you know, kind of fighter mm. where. I've been put on a platform, put on a promotion, given a broadcast, and yep. given everything behind me, the media. I've had to really grind for my position, and I wouldn't want it any other way. It's yep. the best feeling because now I look at myself in the mirror and say, even if I had lost this fight, I look at myself in the mirror and say, you know what, you've done everything you could have done. Yeah, absolutely. You trained like, like, like a, a mongrel possessed. You never took a shortcut. Mm. You fell up short, but I didn't. Now with all these belts and knowing what I went through, that journey, you know, I look <coughs> at myself in the mirror, I know that. Yeah. Now, what I achieve, or, or something every great. single bit of it, and the fans too, the support and the fans, they know it, they see mm. it. I get stopped all the time now, and say, "Man, your road, the way you, you did it, so good, it's never been done before." Mm. Absolutely, and just just on that point with Lopez's feed punching, just for the fans listening, so Lopez fought Lomachenko, who is, in my opinion, he's one of the greatest pound for pound fighters yeah. ever. That's just my opinion as a casual boxer. And the reason why I felt Lomachenko lost is because he was so, so scared. And that, not scared, that's the wrong word. That's disrespectful, Lomachenko. He was so wary of yeah, Lopez's of power. power. And so for the first six rounds, he, was, he wasn't boxing correctly. He was getting bullied around. Not bullied, but just kind of moved around the ring too much. Yeah. And that, that's just, an, just to give the fans an example of how scared, or not scared, how uh, big Lopez's power was yeah. to the rest of the world. Well, he was knocking everyone out. What he did to Richard Comey in round mm. two, when wow. I fought on the undercard against Mickey Bay, and I was there in that arena watching the fight very closely, mm. and I didn't have great seats. I was sitting right in the back at MSG, even after my oh. big win. You know I mean? Not he anymore, he now I'm know. ringside. But he didn't know that his, his eventual downfall was sitting there yeah, in, the right there in, in the nosebleeds. Yeah, right in the nosebleeds, just watching it. I heard that shot, boom, he puts him down, and we're like, okay. Yeah. All right, I saw that shot. Yeah. I see the power, yep. but I know what I've been through. And I'm going to mm. see somewhere we're going to fight. Even when I met him many years before in, uh, in California, mm. Pechanga, you know, I just knew I was going to fight this guy. Crazy. I just had that sense. Same yep. with the Ogilvy fights, the mm. Selby fights. I sparred Lee Selby in you know, a wildcard in uh, 2000 and I think it was 17 or 18. Mm. And for some reason after that sparring session, I go, I'm going to fight this guy somewhere. Oh, really? I don't know. I got this, this yeah. different... Uh, you know, sense, you know, the sixth sense, whatever yep. I have, uh, yep. I just see it. Something weird about that, like, yeah. you know, elite athletes like yourself, that they just have a, I mean, you're the elite of the elite, this ability to manifest yep. their, their future. Sounds a bit woo-woo no, or whatever, crazy. but it is the way it kind of works. Even um, McGregor, you yep. know, he was talking about... Absolutely. He would go to a, a car park <clears throat> and he would manifest, I want that car spot right at the, the entrance door. He would get it. Yeah. You know, nine out of ten times you get it. Absolutely. So I started doing the same thing yeah. a few years ago. And f nine out of ten times I get that car spot. 100%. It works. It just <laughs> or if not, I'll wait there and wait for someone to leave. So I get that car so spot. Like, <laughs> or you get out of the car, it's like, holy shit, that's George yeah, Kibosis. Get, get out of the get car. Out of <laughs> but it's very, you know, that manif manifestation and visualizing, you know, with anything athlete, uh, you know, in business, whatever you want to do, very important. Mm. You know, like, like I said in, in a few other interviews that, my uh, hotel, I was literally right on top of MSG. I could see it. Mm. And I'd just sit there at the window. Looking at just it. Just sit there for like an hour, just looking at it. And just seeing myself lifting these belts up. Exactly the way it happened. You know, I just saw it. You know, it's, oh, it's, it's yeah. a crazy, and you got to, any, any listener, any young kid, 
know, you just visualize it, make mm. it happen, make it. You see it so many times that it, it, it comes true. Yeah. It can't be any other way. Yeah. That's how I've always looked at my career. It's, 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 it's so true. I mean, even uh, for me personally growing up, you know, there was no future in which I wasn't a professional athlete. Yeah. Uh, and it's not, it's, it wasn't even like, it's hard to explain, but it's not even a choice. It's just like when I envision the future, that's what I am. There's no like forcing my, my mind into that kind of mindset of like, oh, trying to not think about, oh, I'll be a desk job. Not that there's anything yeah. wrong with a desk job, but it was just like, yeah. that was what I that's was going to be. Um, okay, so you start, you, know, you start finding out that, okay, I'm pretty good at this thing. In the amateurs, how'd you, how'd you go with the amateurs? Were you, because you're such a technically good boxer now, mm. was, were you, was you were good? Because amateurs is obviously a bit different to pros. What yeah. was it like for you? Yeah, I was a very good amateur, mm. you know, very good amateur. Had a hundred amateur fights represented in Australia and New South Wales. Mm. But um, I could never like uh, just crack that next level mm. where I was an elite uh, amateur. Yeah. Reason being, you know, you're fighting three or four times over a, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday period. Mm. You know, by the time you get to the, the final day or the final, you're absolutely exhausted mm. making the way. So I couldn't get accustomed to that, but I always knew that I'd be suited more to the pros. Mm. And my style was always suited. Everyone said it. Cambos is, is, a, is a very good amateur, but he's going to be an unbelievable professional when he mm. turns pro. Okay. You know, when the right time comes and, you know, we turned pro at 18 years of age after, you know, I was obviously should have made the Olympic team mm. and I lost a, a points decision. It was actually a draw and they took it back to a count back and oh, they really? gave it to the other guy. But look, the way you look at it, every adversity you have in life, mm. you know, opens up another door mm. for what you can achieve. And, you know, just, just knowing the road that I, that I had to go through, mm. you know, f- even from the amateurs. Absolutely. Traveling the whole country, traveling the world <clears throat> to build that experience. Uh, mm. A very good amateur, uh, 80, 86 victories. Um, you know, traveled the world, wow. some really big tournaments and learnt. You know, that was my apprenticeship. Mm. And these amateurs come up to me in the gym and say, oh, I want to turn pro. I want to make a million dollars. I said, listen, for starters, you are not going to make a million dollars. In another 10 years, you yeah. might make a million dollars. Yeah. yeah. I go, and second, this is your apprenticeship, the amateur game. Mm. Learn your craft. Go through every bit of adversity. You know, you have a sleepless night. You eat the wrong food. You got to go through that because I went through all of that in the mm. amateurs. So I got to a point where, you know, in the pros, if something happens, I know I've been through it. I can yep. get through it. I can win a fight. So Absolutely. It's all learning. And so your debut, what was that feeling like walking out for your first pro debut? Were you, you, were you just as, I mean, you wouldn't have been as mentally strong as you are now because you're always growing. Yeah. But were you nervous? Were you worried? Or was it just, a, I guess, another day at the office? Yeah, it was like a flash. It was just real quick. Everything just, just happened. Um, just a small little arena in Punchbowl. Yeah. You know, at the local, <laughs> local creation club. Yeah. A handful of people, just family and friends. Yeah. You know, I was getting some good commission or not good commission, little commission. Yeah. You know, on the ticket sale. So we tried our best to, to sell yeah, as much as I can so I could make 1500 bucks. Yeah. You know, and uh, went out there and took the guy out, you know, in, in two rounds. But again, going back and just thinking, like, how much I made for that fight. But I was wearing the winnings gloves. The winnings is probably the best glove yeah, when it comes to you yeah. know the, the fight game. I love Everlast, but uh, you know, and I fight in Everlast now. Mm. But the winnings for you know for training and obviously it's that Mayweather was wearing it, Canelo was wearing it. So you yeah. want to be a part of that. Absolutely. The gloves alone, I had to buy myself and the opponent. That was like five, six hundred bucks. <laughs> you know, let alone the uh, the fight gear. Absolutely. So just just knowing that. And I only just thought of that right now, <laughs> breaking even just like that. <laughs> yeah. But it showed that 
I want to be different. And no one mm. done that. No mm. one in, in the pro game in Australia coming out, fought a six rounder straight away, mm. even though I didn't go six. I was wearing the flashy gloves. Mm. And I was doing whatever I can to be outside the box. Yeah. Even when I started making my name early in, in the pros, you know, social media, no one was posting anything. You Absolutely. know, everyone you, was just, 100%, everyone totally was just right. post a photo, yeah, I'm fighting. But I was showing the videos, showing myself, yep. you know, pushing my name as, as much as I can. And at that stage, I was getting a lot of, you know, shit about it people yeah. saying that why is he showing himself off he's a show off yeah. but i was putting it out there more and more mm. you know I, I had a plan and obviously now i've got a massive social media base and mm. you know very well known but even from that young age i there was a plan mm. and there was there was a you know throughout the chaos uh, there, there was something there that we knew we'll, what we we're chasing yeah i mean your social media uh you've been working at that for what i love about it is you understand the whole thing, yep. not just the athlete side of thing. You're a professional athlete, yep. which means the social media thing, you, you've been doing that day in, day out. I mean, you know what? It's like your boxing career. You, it's like you, every single day, you're posting, yeah, you understand, you to, it's yeah. a business. You know, if, if I go quiet for three, four days, people are going to start freaking out. Mm. Uh, my social media has grown so, so big globally mm. where you've got some very big names, global, you know, influencers, mm. you know, speaking regularly like i was only just messaging with jake paul a couple of days ago just going back and forth just just Crazy. having a laugh and yeah. um you know there's, there's a lot of um you know i've built that i've done what i had to do early in my career yeah to show myself but yeah i've had so many people want to take over and say look we'll look after you don't have the time look time for me is, is, is hard now mm. but i have the right time management that i still make sure that i'm doing it i don't mm. want to lose that the fans will see when it, it becomes like a generic kind of thing absolutely, you know, absolutely. i want to keep that that's my social media mm. i've built that from from a young age and um, well you got it i mean even you know coming on the podcast um 2016 like a lot of people didn't even know what podcasts were yeah yeah uh and so yeah that the credit to you because social media especially for fighters it's so important to it's huge to man. build that base and i guess that core audience that is going to watch your fights is going to love everything that yep. you do um, and then also you're not as beholden to your promoter of like, mm. you know, for example, if if all went to shit for you or whatever, not that it ever would, but you could sell out something by yeah. yourself if you That's wanted right. to. You wouldn't need Look, to worry about anyone else. Ultimately, it's a numbers game. It really is a numbers game. And when you know that for a fact you can put so many people in a stadium, mm. you know you can put so many people in a certain arena, um, you know that you bring this much to a pay-per-view or, mm. or a, you know, a broadcasting you know, outlet, then that's your bargaining power. And people don't understand that. Mm. You know, endorsements, you know, mm. sponsorships. Absolutely. You know, uh, advertising. Mm. It's all, it's all um, part of that whole package. Absolutely. You know, people just think, oh, I'll go and fight, slug it out, lose a few brain cells, and I'll sit back and just, yeah. uh, you know, wait for whatever comes next. But, yeah. you know, perfect example. I win the biggest fight ever in Australian history. I win all these beautiful belts. I'm in a war. What am I doing the next two weeks? I'm in the US traveling the whole you know, country, going from Vegas, going from uh, LA, going to Miami, you know, going to Texas, you know, yeah, for, for a certain uh, what do you go to Texas podcast. For? <laughs> tell you tell the people. I mean, I cannot, I just so sick. What did you go to Texas? We were there for, for Joe Rogan. Uh, <laughs> oh, obviously, shit. many people would have probably really listened to it, but you know, that's that's that extra time. And again, I've got three kids at home. Mm. I had my wife with me. Mm. I wouldn't want anything more to come home and, and celebrate with Australia and, yeah. you know, it's just fresh. Yeah. And I'd be with my kids and family and, and have a good time. But 
boxing is not just purely fighting. It's a mm. business. Mm. Yeah. Very fortunate and through my hard work and, and discipline dedication that I'm an elite fighter, a hell of a fighter, mm. but I'm a ruthless in, in every other aspect as, as well. Mm. You know, so very important. They don't get it, especially in Australia. A lot of these fighters won't get it. They don't yeah. understand it, but hopefully by listening, you know, that they will start to pick up and, and, and learn a little bit more. It was, it was so good because you won the fight and then it was almost like you, because I watched nearly every interview, you switched into not another fight, but now this is my next job. Yeah, like yeah. I've got, I got, I got a job to do here yeah. and to capitalise on my great victory where you're totally right. A lot of fighters would have been on the drink, celebrating, yeah. like, you know, it was such a momentous moment in, in sporting history. But the next morning, you would have probably got three hours sleep, maybe. Not even, like I'll tell you, the next morning... I only got back to the hotel at about 4.30 in the, in, in the morning because I was in the hospital. Oh and they didn't care if you're the, the undisputed chamber of the world. People come in with a priority. One guy come in, his finger was cut off, and other people come in and they're screaming in New York. Yeah. And uh, we're just waiting, waiting. We got, finally got the stitches done and um, obviously finally got to go back to the hotel and have something to eat. Mm. And just a handful of people were there. And then I went to the room, showered up, put all the beautiful belts on the couch and just looked at them. Yeah. Went to bed for about an hour and a half and um, come down in the morning and it was like two, three hundred people there at the hotel, photos and people wanted me to sign stuff. And once we'd done that, you know, the commitment to the fans, because, you know, you ask anybody, I never deny a photo, mm. never deny a photo. Always we'll, we'll, we'll talk to someone and just give my respect. No matter what, no matter all these bills, no matter what, I mm. always show my respect to, to anybody. Absolutely. And I did that. And then I'm straight inside the media room and I'm sitting there for six hours straight <laughs> doing media from all over the world. Yeah. We were doing the, the breakfast show here. We are doing Fox Sports. We are doing so smart. every bit of media in the US. You know, all the interviews were coming in because one, there was no post press conference because we both went to the hospital mm. to do our, our checks and all that. Obviously, he stayed a little bit longer. And... Um, you know, it's important to give back to the media because they stuck true to us throughout this whole saga, this nine, 10 months. Mm. They still, you know, stayed in and, and were zoned in on, on this fight. So, um, you know, I gave my time to the media, six yep. hours. I was starving, I was Far bruised out. up. Yeah. Nothing more than I, I want to sleep. Yeah, would love to sleep. Would love to just, uh, you know, relax, but. Yep. You know, that's, that's the kind of fight I am. And again, the next day was the same thing. Then we flew to Miami, yeah. straight into media. My poor wife was with me and she's just there, oh, just, just watching. And then we get to Vegas and I kind of feel bad for Devin Haney and Jojo there because when I rocked up at the press conference, I literally just stole the show and Absolutely. no one really cared about the fight and yeah. all the media were on me. So What I loved about but that again, though is that you even said that this is their moment. This is their moment. And I said that's I didn't want to take away. And Absolutely. again, they wanted me to come into their... Um, to after the fight, mm. they wanted me to go into their uh, media room in the press conference, and I said, "No, that's their moment. I'm not coming here to steal the show." Yeah, you know, I love the Devin Haney fight, and you get a few of his fans now that understand the business of, of side of things. Oh, don't duck Devin Haney. He's got that regular WBC belt. You got the franchise super belt. Just let's make a massive fight. Yeah, no problem. Mm. You think if I was worried about a, a Devin Haney, I'd go to his fight in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. You know, stand man to man with him after I just won everything. Yeah, come on. That's, uh, that's for ducking. me. For me. You know, it's a business now as well. Mm. And the, the best fights, you know, I can easily have two chin-up fights, mm. you know, and the world will be like, you know what, he deserves that. But I'm going to go straight into a big name. Yeah. Devin Haney, a Lomachenko, a Tank Davis. It's mm. going to be one of these guys. Yeah. It's going to be a, a big name here in Australia. Yeah, and that's the wait. kind of fighter I am. That's the kind of warrior I am. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I think, I think people, you know, saw that in the Lopez fight and that's what they could kind of re- like, they really did appreciate. Um, okay. So you win your debut, uh, then, then basically, um, you have a, f- a couple more fights and yeah. you capture the WBA Oceana title, uh, by beat, uh, Brandon Ogilvy. Yeah. And this is when we, we spoke after that fight. Uh, I think. We actually spoke before it. Before it. And then we spoke after okay. it as well, yeah. Okay. Far out. Ogilvy, yeah. And he was the number one lightweight yeah. at that stage. And there was a lot of chat from, yeah. you know, he's the man, this, yeah. that, the next that He thing. had just gone to Japan, had a very, it was a draw, but he should have won the fight. He had beaten yeah. all the guys here. And, mm. um, you know, again, doubted me. I was a massive underdog. Fight was here in Sydney. Mm. A lot of bad blood. A lot of uh, shit talk. Yeah. You know, back and forth. I was a little bit more crazier back then. I had no kids. Yeah, you could do a little, bit, a little bit just out there, just saying whatever yeah. I want to say. Yeah, and um, absolute, you know, bloodbath that fight. Mm. We were both cut. We both were in the trenches, mm. and um, you know, got the job done in, yeah. in fashion. You know, unanimous decision, and that really that was my breakout fight. You know, I had yeah, some absolutely. good fights in Australia uh, before that. You know, beat Delos Rays, was coming off a, a really good win streak. Um, the Australian title against Robert Toomey. Mm. I got some good exposure on the chalk cards as well. The footy show final when Sonny Bill headline. Yep. Um, but this was my breakout fight. People wanted to see what he was going to do against you know, a really good fight, the number one in Australia at that mm. stage. And, um, you know, showed, my, showed what I had. It was a masterclass. And, you know, then I moved on to the, the Camille Bala fight again, another big fight, a fight yeah. where... Yeah, and he was, a bit, he was a bit bigger than you, he wasn't was bigger. he? He was bigger. He was a lightweight. Yeah. Came down a division and um, thought he would capture my my ranking and you know beat me up but uh yep. again just busted him up yep. actually his eye socket yeah and look they're good guys man and uh, you know what the, the sad thing about it is now they probably look at it and kick themselves they pretty much stopped fighting after that they really went to a level where mm. i think one of them had one fight the other one had two fights against against nobody and they kind of stopped mm. but if they look at it now and say man Cambosis had good fights with him mm. went on to become undisputed champion of the world absolutely what could we have done we could have been up there we could have pick, picked up a, a belt somewhere 100 you know that's and if they're listening now i hope they get back into it and mm. you know we've got ferocious promotion so we'll be more than happy to you know look after them if they want to do that because i know how good of good yeah. fighters they are you know, i mean even, even if they, they kept at it and made enough noise you know one day eventually you something, could fight yeah. him again like yeah. us. you know like there's something you don't know you yeah, just don't, don't know. know you know it was a good fight you might be able to do something you just mm. don't know but yeah that's the thing that's the adversity that's where you know, i've never been worried to lose a fight i've never been this is i've got to collect this zero i've got to keep this zero i've always been focused on you know being the best i can and just proving myself and and if it comes one day the loss whatever Mm. Yeah, these guys, it wouldn't be the end of me. I'd come back again. I'd be, I'd fight the next day if I had to. Yeah, it's the kind of fight well, I. Well, didn't you say if anyone pulls out of the, uh, the Diaz, yeah, the, the Haney Haney, fight, yeah. I'll and jump I, I was, in. I, I was so serious, and Eddie was, he's uh, <laughs> looking at me, and then we had a little chat after, and he, yeah, you serious? I go, I'm serious, Eddie. You know, I'm serious. Yeah, I go. You even said I got balls, balls are <laughs> still watermelon balls. So I go, I'm serious. Just get your big checkbook, the yeah. big one that you got, <laughs> yeah. the one that you use for for Joshua and all these other guys, and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm in. Yeah. And I think that would have uh paper view records if I'd done that. Mate, that would have been hectic. <laughs> that would and I would have backed you. I would have yeah, backed yeah. you. Um, sure. I would have worn the same uh shorts from the Lopez fight, full of blood. <laughs> I would have put uh, one of their, their blood all over as well. Um and I mean uh, we'll we'll get to Eddie Hurt we'll get to Eddie Hurt. Um okay, so then you, you go back to Greece. Yeah. Um but but at this stage 
had you been training with uh, Manny Pacquiao yet? Or I not? was, yeah. I had already, I already had three world title campaigns. I had mm. already fought on his undercards in, in the Kuala Lumpur and Las Vegas. And I had already built that experience with him. Yeah. But that, that was the fight where it got to a point where they wanted me for the Thurman fight. I said, look, if I continue as a sparring partner, because that's what everyone knew me as, Pacquiao sparring partner, not mm. as number three or four in the world, mm. uh, a rising contender. So I had to move myself away. Mm. I had to say, you know what? I've got to do what's best for my career now and yeah. chase something else and, and chase what I'm you know, destined to do. And that's what we did. Mm. We had a whole new team for the uh, Greece fight. And um, you know, it was very important I went there and had that fight there just for my roots to mm. go there and, and have that fight was important. Yeah. And I uh, went there and you know, beat, beat that guy, knocked him out. He was a tall, rangy kid. Yeah. Um, the guy was not rated anywhere. Mm. Didn't have a great world rating. Had a good, good record, but... You know, the kid actually gave me a very good fight. Mm. You know, when I look back at all the fights that I've had, very good fight. So again, yeah. you never judge a book by its cover. Yeah, you, know, you never know who who can take you out. We've got two hands, we know how to punch. So yep. that's why you always got to stay focused and, and take every fight with respect. And so what's it like training with a guy like Manny Pacquiao? You know, what's an insight that, because he is truly one of the greatest fighters of all time. Yeah. Um, and he had a similar attitude to yourself like he didn't care about his own he would fight pretty much anyone anytime what was it like training with him it was surreal at the start it was just like Manny Pacquiao guy that I would uh, run to the pubs to watch a guy that you know I idolized a young kid and to be in there inspiring him to be running with him to be training with him to be sitting here and having you know dinner and breakfast together and lunch unbelievable but just the, the, the kind of person he is to see the humbleness that he has, the time he has for every person, you know, that's what I took mainly from. A lot of people say you've taken so many skills from him, the way you fight. Yeah, but the way I am with people, the way, you know, I want to take my, my boxing and you know, what I've done in boxing, make it bigger than what it is. Yeah. You know, from him, the way he is, the way he gives back is so important. Mm. You know, so that's, that's the kind of man. He's a very good man and uh, he reached out. And we're supposed to do a, a FaceTime together as well, but he's been, uh, the Philippines had a, a natural disaster, mm. you know, about a week, a week or so. So he's just been there, just nonstop, mm. all been out. So, you know. And he, I mean, even after you win, he, he, tw- he tweeted out. a beautiful out. tweet, yeah, done a yeah. great tweet and, um, you know, very respectful. And obviously I, I wrote back to him and um, yeah. his team all reached out as well. And obviously they wanted to do the FaceTime and... You know, again, he saw the Joe Rogan thing as well. He put that out. He goes, "I want to come on Joe Rogan." It's awesome, man. It's it's amazing. It's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, like you're having that like effect on. Yeah, he he saw the interview yeah. and he, he retweeted and says, "Joe, I want to come on Rogan now." So, oh, man, that's you know, crazy. I've created that connection that's for both of them. So. That's crazy. Yeah, it's been crazy, man. This this whole uh, this whole ride's been been nuts, but um. You know, like I said, there's, I never, I'm never content. There's more to go. Yep, you know, these belts, the belts, the money, the, the status will, will never change who I am and the core mm. belief that I have inside me. And so, you know, you get your win um, in Greece. And then, you know, the, the next, the real, not the real, but this, the step to the world stage was probably versus Bay. Would you say that was... Bay was, yeah, Bay was the, the big step to the world. Yep. You know, um, it's a guy that we chose, a guy's name that popped up, mm. could afford anyone else. I was sitting at number three in the water at that stage. I was ready in line for Eliminator. I was going to make good money from an uh, Eliminator, but Bay was, was the name that popped up. And I said, you know what? Mickey Bay, former world champion, mm. established guy, big name here in the US. Uh, Mayweather, Mayweather's good fighter. I was with Floyd for 10, 15 years. 
was Floyd's uh, f- uh, second or first world champion. Mm. You know, that's the guy. And they told me, a lot of people, even my own promoter, said this is a risky fight. Yeah, maybe maybe we shouldn't do it. I said no. And even it's hard to look good against Mickey Bay, but I looked unbelievable. Mm. Knocked him down. Absolutely. Um, sharp and. That's the kind of fight I am. Always looking for the toughest test. Looking to forget that zero. Looking for the for the, the big names. Looking mm. to know that a win here will set up something bigger for me. A yeah. win there would give me more experience. You know, to where it mattered, mm. and it really did. Absolutely. And we, went, and we were together in Vegas. That was actually the first time I saw him since the fight. And yeah. you know, he was he was happy. He was proud. And uh, yep. he goes, "Man, I won a lot of money on you." How <laughs> yeah, good? How good? He knew. So, um, yeah, that's mad. A lot of respect there. That's I, a lot of respect. After the fights, so I have a lot of respect with with my uh, opponents. Yeah. You know, if they want to respect or not, you know, I have that respect for them. Absolutely. Um, and so, so you beat Bay, and and it, but even still, it's you've got still a long path ahead of you yeah. because, you know. It's it's such a stacked division, like yeah. it's so stacked, it's crazy. So you get Selby, and and a lot of people wrote you off again, and they were sitting there going, oh, I don't know if he's up to the that's that's that level. Um, how did that come about? And I guess you know what was it like? Obviously, you beat him as well. Yeah, look, Selby, um, very experienced guy, mm. guy that's been in so many world title. Um, defenses. I think, like he had said in the press conference, he goes, "I've been in more um, title fights than what you've had professional professional fights," wow. which I think is the truth. Yeah. But again, it just it's just a different different breed that, that mm. I am and, and what I brought to the table. Mm. You know, real good fight. You know, he's an experienced guy, but I box so sharp, and um, you know that was the war to eliminate. That is what gave me my mandatory in the IBF yep. the opportunity to Lopez, and that's where I got my number one world ranking. Was no. that the um, the fight where you dropped him with an uppercut? Or was that no, that was the Mickey Bay fight. That was, yeah, that was such a, fight. a beautiful. That was, yeah, that was sweet science. That was perfect, Upper, perfection. I believe, and, and I was looking for his... that uppercut the whole night. I couldn't get it, and then yep. just to get it in that round ten yep. was unbelievable, man. And, and you threw, if I remember correctly, you threw the uppercut, and then he was a swing, yeah, and you roll, ducked it. Rolled under. Oh it's man, beautiful. Just it a was sweet, sweet science. Beautiful. But the Selby fight was a very good fight. Good <clears> learning yep. fight too. He's a very rangy <clears> kind of guy and uh, very experienced and. Mm. I just picked him apart. Okay, so the Selby, you get the win. And at this stage, Lopez hadn't fought. Oh, no, no, so he hadn't fought Lomachenko? He had. Yet? He had two weeks before. I just beat okay, uh, so Lomachenko. You, so you, because, correct me if I'm wrong, but there were already talks that you might fight Lomachenko before that? There was, yeah. Yeah, there was about two years ago. Yeah, okay. Uh, you, before. Yeah, because I remember speaking to you about it going, wow, that would be incredible. Um, okay, so as soon as you win the Selby fight... Was it immediately in your head, tunnel vision to Lopez? Yeah, it was straight after the Selby fight, literally um, in the interview, straight after I wanted Lopez, I was mm. calling him out. And no other lightweight in the world wanted to deal with him. Mm. Everyone was just feared him yep. from what he did against Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. And that, obviously Lomachenko fight was two weeks before my big eliminator. Mm. So um, you know, I just knew they were going to fight. I knew that um, this was the guy, styles make fights, and you know, the world thought I was crazy to be calling him out and, and really wanting that fight. But, you know, I, I saw something. I knew I'd win this fight. Mm. And so leading into the fight, so Triller, is it Triller, not Thriller? Triller? Yeah, Triller. Triller. So how did that come about? That, that So basically for the fans listening, and you could probably explain it much better, but you've got a manager and yeah. a promoter will come to you or come to the uh, division, so whatever the division it is, yeah. and say, 
we we put up this bid for it and we'll put it all on how does that all work so what happened was because i was the ibf uh mentor the mm. red belt the ibf they set a date for negotiations mm. we couldn't come to a, to a you know a mutual ground we pushed very hard to have him here in australia but with COVID, it was just too hard yeah um we had two million dollars ready mm. to go for him but um yeah we, we couldn't get it done over the line with with the whole you know, couldn't travel at that stage and everything. Mm. So it got to a point where it became like a, a stalemate and literally a uh, purse bid was put in place. So a purse bid means any promoter in the world can come in and bid. You put your $5,000 bidding fee mm-hmm. and anyone can come in. Okay. So we knew that uh, Bob Aaron would be there. Obviously, he represents him. Yep. We had heard Eddie Hearn would come in and uh, we weren't sure who else was going to come into this bid to win the bid. Mm. So the way it works, it's a 65-35 split to the mm. champion. Yep. So he was going to get 65%, I was going to get 35%. So on the morning it happened, we were there waiting and, and see who was going to win this bid. And all of a sudden, Triller comes in with a $6 million bid, <laughs> which was like, who's Triller? What's going on here? Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. happened here? And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, that means it's like $2 million my way. Okay, let's go, Triller. Oh, yeah, I'll fight you anyway. So, yeah, yeah, good Triller. It was crazy. The whole world went nuts. Um, yeah. It was probably the most talked about thing in boxing yeah, at that wild. stage. Everyone was talking about yeah. how big this purse was and, mm. and what they've gone and, and done here, mm. um, which was cool. It, was, it, it put again my name in, in another, you know, yeah. in a status. And um, I went and trained. I went and trained that morning. Yeah. And then we waited to see when they're going to set the fight. And they set the fight. Uh, I believe it was June fifth originally, mm. and they did move it back to June nineteenth, and everything was smooth. Everything was, was great until uh, Lopez tested positive for COVID. And then after that, it was, it was a rocky, you know. Rocky, rocky six times? Yeah. yeah, about six times, I think it was, five, That's six delayed. times, which was crazy. Signed so many contracts and um, got to the point where they just couldn't put it on. Mm. They couldn't give us the, the, uh, you know, the proper date, the venues to do it. And mm. it is what it is, you know. They're not, they're not bad guys, you know, but um, you know, this is the boxing game. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a tough game yeah. especially when you're coming in as, as a new boys Ooh, you know when um, you're coming in and, and, and really bidding that high you know you start to shake things around and say well that lifts the whole market up absolutely and these old school promoters don't want to see that <laughs> yeah, 100%. You know, so, um, yeah it is it is what it is so, it how, so, so basically how does it work where do they have so they get the bid and they say this is the date yep. and then uh, obviously Lopez gets COVID but then do they have a certain amount of time to put it on before you go, hang on a sec, you're actually you know, in breach or, yeah. or whatever, um, we're going to have to go somewhere else? Well, they did. They had a certain <clears throat> amount of time and they kept postponing, kept moving it back. And mm. we had agreed, we agreed, but it got to the point where, like, this is crazy, this is not going to happen. Yeah, okay. So we asked for some th- simple things and, and they couldn't put it in play. And then at that stage, the IBF had said, this is it. You ain't doing this no more. Mm. We're going to default you guys. So yeah, okay. they defaulted them. There was 1.2 million US deposit money Oof. in the account which goes to the fighters and um you know eddie hearn matchroom picked up the fight yeah uh, i believe it's a bargain he got it for three yeah, and a half mil mate. fight of the year absolutely, absolutely amazing i i know that the zone numbers here in australia were, were absolutely you know huge mate which is great the uh, youtube numbers were massive. youtube was massive great because a lot of these uh, so-called boxing guys and broadcasters here always said that cambos is not a sell but mm. I've got the biggest social media base. I'm doing numbers like that in the US and they're yep. broadcasting from here. Yep. 
you know, Absolutely. sometimes they've got to just realise and, and eat some humble pie and say, hey, <laughs> he is a draw. Absolutely. And he's, uh, he, he said everything he, he would do. Absolutely. So what was it like dealing with a guy like Eddie Hearn? Because he really has become the next generation, in my opinion, um, the next generation of promoter. And don't get me wrong, like your Bob Arums and your... Um, yeah, Al, Al Heyman. Al Heyman. Yeah. You know, they're the old guard, probably the guys that took over after Don King, I, I'd assume. Again, I'm not that deep in the game but Eddie Hearn seems to be very you know not a fresh face because he's been in for a bit now yeah. but but he is in my opinion it looks like the future of promotion um, what was it like dealing with a guy like Eddie Hearn Eddie's great to deal with um, we obviously dealt with him for the Selby fight Selby okay. was his fighter oh, so okay. I beat his fighter in Lee Selby and um, he's in the guy stop beating me fighters bro. yeah yeah <laughs> I beat his guy and, he, and I know he was uh as he came over, he beat my fighter, came, came mm. back home, and, uh, and now he's got all these beautiful belts after yeah. beating Lopez. So we've got a um, good business relationship. You know, uh, everything's been smooth. Mm. Always show me a lot of respect. I show them a lot of respect. Mm. Uh, I really like the matchroom, you know, the people behind the scenes and mm. um, the guys who, who are the wheels in motion for mm. the whole promotion to, to be what it is and you know, good people to deal with. Now, yep. they do have a, a partnership with Devin Haney. So... Um, you know, interesting to see now what they put how forward. they come to the table and what they put forward. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what, what, tell you what, what comes I'll about. Like <laughs> I said, I love that fight and yeah. um, I'll fight him right now if I have to. <laughs> no problem. I'll help you, bro. <laughs> I'll be your cornerman. <laughs> giving you terrible Just advice. Just hold the belts up. <laughs> yeah, hold your belts up 100%. Um, okay, so so leading up to the Lopez fight, it gets, you know, it gets he gets COVID. What, what's that feeling like? Four days out, your body is just about to hit that perfect point of ready to go. You get the news. Surely there was um, at least a moment where the energy went out of you like, fuck. Or was there not even a moment of that? No, it was. It was. um, When I found out, literally just like full energy just zapped. Mm. You know, I had um, been in the US for like four months preparing for this fight away from my kids. Flew my pregnant wife there. Wow. You know, in the midst of COVID, the doctors tell her, no, what are you doing? She mm. was like seven months pregnant. Mm-hmm. She goes, no, I'll be there. I want to be there mm. for this fight. I had my team there. Um, you know, my father, my Australian coach, McAckaway, obviously my American team. Mm. And just to, you know, that, just hearing that, that, you know, sentence still gives me like a, a weird feeling. Oh, really? It's got COVID. The fight's off, postponed. Like, I was supposed to make 2.1 million US oh. that weekend, you know. I was supposed to fight for all these belts and win these belts. Yeah. But um, you know, I was very angry at that stage. Got on the phone with, with a Triller, you know, boss. And I said, hey, bring me your private jet. I'm going to go fly to Vegas. I'm going to fight him wherever I find him. And literally, <laughs> you know, I was just uh, a bit disheartened at that, at that point. I told my wife, look, I'm going home. I'm going to go see my kids. I've had enough. Yeah. But then, you know, I, I took a breath. Yep. So you know what? It is what it is. It's not meant to be today. It's not meant to be this weekend. Mm. But somewhere it's gonna it's gonna be. Mm. Somewhere down the track we're gonna fight. We're locked in. He can't get away. He's yeah. gonna fight me. For whatever reason, it's not happening this weekend. Mm. It's meant to be. So um, I just stayed locked in after that. I yeah. went to the gym that afternoon. Oh really? Train. So just a couple. I had of a hours good meal. I had a good meal, yep. and then I went and trained, and I continued training while he was suffering with COVID mm. and and not doing well whatever issues he had, mm. I was in the gym grinding and I knew that every day I was going to get better and better. And that's what yeah. I said to myself. Every day, whatever way, mm. I'm going to be getting better better by better. So did it, did it make you mad that a professional athlete with a lot of money yeah. 
you're a professional man. You should not be getting COVID. Yeah. You should be locked tight. Your whole team should be in isolation. Yeah. Was that something that really angered you, I guess? Yeah. Or look, not really? At that point, yeah, I was, I was very angry. Um, I get it. You, you can get it. Yeah. It's out there. Mm. But as a professional athlete with millions of dollars and millions of dollars on the line, mm-hmm. I was seeing the footage from his training camp, mm. the the interviews and the, and the YouTube footage coming out of him there and fans there and a lot of people there. Oh and I kept saying to my dad and even my wife would be messaging me from Australia saying, and this is not good. He yeah. fucking ended up getting COVID. Yeah. And little he did. He did. He got COVID. It's like we said it. We said, man, I hope he does not get COVID. Yeah. He ends up getting it. Yeah. Uh, but look, it is what it is. It yeah. happened for whatever reason. Mm. Maybe it was just that weekend was not meant to happen. Yeah. You know? Maybe uh, I would not won the fight. Maybe mm. I would have got hit with a shot and mm. never been the same again. Mm-hmm. Everything, ha- everything happens for a reason. I never really question. Yeah. I just go with the flow. And um, like I said, I got better and better. Yeah. I came back to Australia. I quarantined for two weeks in a hotel. Oh. I continued training in the hotel in a yeah. little small room. Oh, really? Uh, I got friends to bring me weights and kettlebells yeah. and skipping rubber. I was training and, and I was even hitting the wall, <laughs> you know, with the gloves, just yeah. working on some shots and yeah. just doing a bit of conditioning. And yeah. I was getting phone calls from the, uh, the hotel downstairs saying, listen, you got to stop training in there. Really? You're making too much noise. I go, Do you understand <laughs> what I'm going to fight for? I'm trying to fight for a world I champion know, here. I've got to bring these belts back, back to Australia. <laughs> and uh, actually, the, uh, I said, look, come on. Give me a break. Yeah. And then the police officer rang the constable and goes, George, I know you are. He goes, just keep it down a little bit. I go, man, I've got a fight to win. I don't know. This fight could happen. They could play games on some of the fights on it in two weeks. I don't know what tricks they're going to play. He goes, all right, just, just try to keep it down a little yeah, bit. That is so. so good. You're training too loud and then the yeah. police is calling, bro. Look, yeah, yeah. Goes, I'm training for a world title, bro. Because I know the fight. And then we started talking about half an hour about the fight. <laughs> yeah, he got COVID. Do you reckon he got it? And I go, man, he got it. I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, it's crazy yeah. And then yeah I got out of, of that Lock up quarantine You would have sprinted out of it I got I was so excited And I went around That night when I got out I ran 12 Ks yeah. Just to prove to myself again I'm conditioned There's nothing wrong with me mm. uh, Even that I've had two weeks Of just being in a room Isolated mm. And um, yeah We just stayed focused And then we had so many dates So many It's on Nah it's pushed back mm. Then there was a point where There was no flights Coming back into Australia oh. For a certain date in October like, all right, we fight October, the first flight's in December, maybe in January, because oh. obviously we didn't know exactly at that stage yeah. with what was going on. And it was a point where we we're like, yeah, we're just going to have to do it. Mm. This is how focused and dedicated I am. Mm. And if it means missing Christmas and New Year's and coming back, who knows when, yeah. we've got to do it. And then obviously oh, yeah. I had the birth of my child, yeah. the passing of my grandfather on the same day. Dogs, it was just, uh, yeah, thank you. It was just... Um, Everything you go through was, was a lot of adversity. Mm. You know, he talks about he had adversities. I had a lot of adversity. I had to c- travel thousands and thousands of miles, yeah. multiple times, yeah. be away, yeah. spend so much money to just to mm. make this fight, to, to make this dream come true. Mm. So he talks about his adversity. Yeah. Doesn't even, uh, it's not even 5% of what I had to go through. Absolutely. And, and I, you know, and look, you know, I don't know Lopez from a bar of soap, but in my humble opinion, a lot of his adverse, adversity seemed self-inflicted, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. you weren't, didn't seem like you were living the right life yeah. a, that you needed to live as a professional athlete. Um, what, what was really interesting about the build-up, though, is that at the start, Cambosis, no chance. Yeah. He's got no chance. That's, that was the general consensus from everyone. But as people kind of got to know you yeah. and saw you talk and saw the way you held yourself... 
by the by the time the fight actually it came changed, around, yeah. a lot of people were like, I think Kimbosis is going to get in. Yeah. And this this is not just Aussies that you know love you because you're an Australian, but this was like Americans, you know. Uh, well, you would see yeah. the social media comments. You'll see the things on YouTube, mm. and you start to see things change and more. Um, you know, boxing analysts and, and guys that, that put their YouTube stuff up. Mm. And this is going to be a good fight. It's yeah. going to be a hell of a fight. Can both can win this fight. So things change. I think problem is people don't do their research. People are quick to jump. Yeah. But when you actually break things down and say, okay, who's he for? What road has he be on, mm. been on? You know, let me have a look at his, his physical attributes. Mm-hmm. Let me see how mentally sharp he is and strong he is. You start to put all that. Okay, this is going to be a good fight. Absolutely. It's a hell of a fight. At the start, they, rub, they rubbished the fight. They said it was... Terrible. Yeah, that's, that's won't last. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was it was an, an easy sudden, win for Lopez. Yeah, it's a fight, fight of the year, mate. In fight my of the books. decade. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about decade, but yeah, if you want to call, I'm it, saying decade. If you want to go, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with it as well. It's fight of the decade. <laughs> um, okay, so it eventually gets locked in, and you're leading into the fights, and some of the mind games you played with him were just yeah. perfect. You know, especially I love the weight one. He kept saying. You sure you're on weight? Are you, you're looking a bit like you're looking a bit big there. And he took his shirt off. Walk us through those. You know, we was that a planned mental warfare? What was it like? Yeah, it was. I read a lot of uh, Sun Tzu and, and the Art of War, and mm. you know, I like to break them down mentally. Mm. Break them down. Just little things irritate them, and that's what I did. You know, he's very irrational. He's very emotional, and I've seen it in the past he can get very emotional. So mm. I knew that me doing little things. You know, and just keeping cool, calm, collected like I am, mm. would would mentally break him. And all of a sudden, he'll be having a, a confused mind, you know, a mind that's not clear. Mm. And I know by the time we walked out to that ring, he just, I'm gonna kill this guy one round, one round. Mm. But you know, I just stayed focused and I was cool, calm, collected, and my mind was so clear, mm. I could see everything. Mate. You know, so that's what I did. I broke him down bit by bit, mentally broke him down, and then in the fight round by round physically broke him down as well yep. to a point where it looked by the end of the fight it looked like he'd been hit by, by a truck it was um, but then they said that I, I couldn't punch yeah. it was a pity patter yeah. puncher so you never you never judge a, a fighter absolutely absolutely one of my favourite lines honestly ever line of the decade I'm going line of the decade I'm going decade again you said these belts are your curse yes yeah and you know what? I reckon that sunk that so deep into broken. his head because you could feel that he, he realised, yeah, yeah, you're right. And he had nothing to, to come back. He was just yeah. like, F you, F you. Yeah. But mentally I knew me saying that just broke him because it's true that it's out there in the public. You know, his wife obviously left him. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I wished him after the fight when we were there. I said, man, you know, be with your, your newborn son. Be with your wife. You can mm-hmm. make it work, make it work. It's the kind of person I am, you know. Mm-hmm. His it's trainer, just, he was, fired his trainer as well. Got rid of his trainer, got rid of his, his nutritional team, mm-hmm. brought different guys in, you know, just didn't stay core and loyal to the people that were with him. So mm. I thought that these belts really, uh, you know, were his curse. Mm. He, he got him too line. early, he got him too quick, yep. you know, and um, I was just ready to grab him. Yeah. And uh, a few people said, well, they're your curse now. I go, no, no, these are my hard years. These are my things that I've had to work very hard for. Mm. Okay, these are uh, what's going to elevate me to, to the next level. Absolutely. Bigger and better. Second best line was, that's right, take your shirt off for me, boy. Yeah. <laughs> he took his shirt off and, and, and he was people, trying to flex. And a lot of people were, uh, and I was saying, yeah, take, you can't even get it off, take it off. And people say, man, Cambosis is treating uh, Lopez like, like a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> I, believe it. I, I lost it. That's right, take your shirt off for me, boy. And then he, he looked little, like an idiot because he was like... Little tricks, you know, little tricks like even... Um, even the shoes that I wore, like the Versace yeah, shoes, yeah. they're thick, they're real thick shoes. Mm. Uh, 
they're expensive shoes, <laughs> they're good shoes, but just little things to just say, hey, I'm bigger than you. Yeah. I'm looking down at you. Just yep. little tricks, Absolutely. you know, little things that I did to yep. just get under his skin, you know, and um, as much as this is physically, you physical, you got to fight, you got to be in there. But mm. mentally, if you break a fighter, mm-hmm. and I thought I had broke him when we first looked at each other, yep. eye to eye, and look, when he turned and you go on that video and you see him touch me like that and he goes, hey, I'll give you that one. You ain't going to get another one again. I knew. That's it. I've just defeated him already. Yeah. And the undisputed champ of the world, he's saying, you got one. You ain't going to get another <laughs> one again. And I tell you, every face of every press conference, every media work, I just never took a step backwards. Mm-hmm. I never gave him an inch. I continued to show that, hey, I'm here. I ain't taking a step back. And same in the fight. I'm going to be here. I'm mm-hmm. going to take your best shots. I'm going to, whatever you bring to the table, mm-hmm. I'm willing to die tonight to win this fight. Yep. It was, um, yeah, it was such, it was a, it was a great lead. It, you know, it had so much delays, but it actually added to the, it added to everything. Obviously yeah. it sucked for you and it sucked for him. Um, but yeah, the, the, eventually when the fight comes though, I was, I, I said on the podcast, I said, if, if Cambosis wins this, it'll be one of the greatest wins in boxing history, yeah. if not the greatest. You know, you could talk about, you know, Horn and Pacquiao, but you know, a lot of people didn't think Horn, even though it was a great moment in Australia, you know, for me personally, that was incredible. Absolutely yep. incredible. For me personally, this is the greatest yep. in Australian boxing that I've seen anyway. I'll, I'll break that one down. I'll break the... This for me and 90% of the public is the greatest win ever for an Australian fighter. Jeff Horn's win against Manny Pacquiao. Great win. Close fight. But Jeff done it on his terms mm-hmm. in his hometown in front of 50,000 fans. Mm-hmm behind him, supporting him, cheering him all the way. When he got hurt in round nine, they were there, come on, Jeff. Yep. When I got hurt and put down in round 10, yeah. I didn't have anyone cheering for me. Absolutely. They were coming from my head. Absolutely. Kill him, come on, Lopez, take him out. Mm. You know, that's the adversity, the road that I had to go through. Mm-hmm. Former champion after former champion since 2017 mm-hmm. in the backyard. Yep. I get goosebumps thinking about it because I know how hard the road has been. Mm. And, you know, I never take uh, anything away from Jeff's win, but... Mm. You know, facts are facts, and he won the WBA belt off Pacquiao in a close decision. I just won everything in boxing mm-hmm. against a guy in his prime, yep. the biggest name in boxing, the guy who just beat Lomachenko yep. in his hometown on points decision where no one said I'd win a points decision against mm-hmm. a devastating punch all yeah. that. In his hometown. So in his hometown. Absolutely. Against all odds. Yep. That's, that's what we said, and that's what we're going with, against all odds in the lines <clears> then. The line came out and yep. took everything. Okay, so before the fight, I was saying to people, and again, very casual boxing fans, so um, there's guys that have way more knowledge, so maybe it was a stupid thing to say, but I said, I was saying the only way, and I was obviously wrong, the only way Cambosis can win is if he stays on the outside and just boxes his head off. Yeah. Not much damage, just gets the points each round, slowly you know, builds yeah, up the builds points. Builds up a tally, yeah. And then he gets a close victory. I was so wrong. The fact that you stood in the fire with him and won exchanges, was that a predetermined game plan of like, nah, this is not going to be just a boxing match. This is yeah. going to be in the trenches with this guy. It was. I really, like, if you go back to interviews that I was doing and people were like, man, he's such a fear puncher. Go show me. I want to feel it. I want to be in there with, in the trenches. I want to feel his shots. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. Yep. I felt his shots. I come back with three or four of mine. Mm-hmm. Angle off, come back again. Yep. That's in the trenches, in the dark. And again, another beautiful line I said, when he's been in the bright lines, lights, I've been in the dark, I've been in the trenches, mm-hmm. and I was prepared to be in the, in the dark and trenches. Absolutely. You know, inside them ropes, in front of his fans, with adversity, you know, the cut, the blood, the fans going off, getting put down, 
Mm-hmm. That's that's a true fighter. Absolutely. Now, I feel that in round 10, and I made the mistake there. I got a little bit too excited. I was trying to take him out, but he would have stopped any other lightweight in the world Absolutely. with a minute 45 to go. But for me to finish that round strong and then come out round 11 and 12 and absolutely bust him up. Yep. Like I said to myself in that moment, this is where you show how, gr- how great you are. Show mm-hmm. your greatness now. And yep. I did. I really did. And so that, that round one, he comes out crazy. You knew he was coming crazy. And you predicted before the fight, you I said, did. I think I'm going to drop him round one. And everyone yeah. was like, Campos is crazy. Yeah, what are you nuts. talking about? How did the... So when he came out crazy, you know, he landed some okay shots on you, but nothing that really... You didn't really get phased no, by no. it at all. Were you... Were you feeling that shot that was going to come because he was setting himself up for it? How did it all come about? Yeah, look, like I said, I, I said that I'm going to put him down early. I'm going to hurt him round one. It could be round one. But everything I said leading up to it, I'm going to be better than him at everything he does in every aspect. No way. Cambosis is crazy. Lopez, better puncher, mm. better footwork, better defense, better speed. A better reaction. No, I'm going to be better at him at everything. But in that round one, when I saw him come out crazy, come out nuts, and I defended myself and stayed sharp, in my head I go, beautiful, I got you where I want you. Yep. I'm going to wait. I'm going to stay sharp. I'm going to let you throw some shots, and I'll throw some good reactive, reactive counter punches, which I landed. Mm. Then I saw that mistake. He threw that, that jab. I moved back, took that extra back step, and he faked it, and then he went for it again. Mm. And that hand just came too slow, and that move, launched that shot, put him down, Put him on his ass and he just looked at me like that and thought, oh shit. Far and right. I'm just looking at him, now you're in a fight. Absolutely. And that second shot I came flying out with yep. was a more devastating shot, but his senses, everything was awake at that stage. Yep. And then I kind of tripped over that front leg. Mm. And then when I got up and that bell went, I just had to, you know, he's there and he's looking at me and I'm, hey, yeah. one round. Now we're in a fight. Let's Absolutely. go. Let's fight. <sighs> and that's where the, the fight, you know, round two onwards, that's where the fight started. It was, um, yeah, and that's another thing. What's, what, if, you, if you go back, and you obviously haven't watched the whole fight again, but if you go back and watch round one, you actually did land some pretty good yeah. clean counters that were real sharp and yeah. short that, that the, a lot of fans didn't see. Didn't see yeah. Look, you've got you to really, um, the sweet science, you really got to break things down because I'm so fast and I move so well and the little things that I'm doing. Mm. But if you actually put on slow-mo and you start seeing the counter left hook, I land a beautiful counter left yes. hook. Yep. I land some really good jabs, some good right hands. And then um, just keeping him aware. Mm. But he was just in this mode where he thought he'll knock me out. Mm. And he landed some good shots, but not shots that physically were going to hurt me. Yep. And again, in, throughout the, the fight, you know, even when he put me down, there weren't shots that physically I was really, really hurt. Yeah, nah, just I just kept coming. It's more know, I, I know for a fact that he said it in round 10 and 11 when he came back to his corner that he goes, the guy's made a still. Really? I can't put a dent in him. Ah, oh, right. So it, was a, it was a Rocky movie. This was right. like a... A Rocky Four movie. Absolutely, absolutely. So as the rounds are progressing, and you're, you know, you're, you know, you're getting round, you're getting another round. What was the conversation like from your corner? What was the game plan? Was it, you know, was it stay in the fire? Was it take the pull back a bit, box a bit, get back in? What was yeah. the game plan? Yeah, it was round by round, round okay. by round. We're going to win this fight round by round. We want to stay very sharp on the outside, on the inside, everywhere we, we chose to fight. You know, land some really good shots, wake him up, move, create the angles, fire back again. So we had certain game plans where whatever he decided to do, we thought maybe he runs, he starts moving and shows his boxing skills. So we'd have to cut him off okay. or he'd come forward. So we had to box a little bit, then meet him you know, in the trenches. Yep. He's a confidence kind of fighter. So that's why even in round 11, 
I couldn't just get on my bike and try to survive. Mm. I had to go fight fire with fire and yeah. hit him with some good shots and show him, I'm here now. Mm. You put me down, but I ain't going anywhere. Yeah. And that's what I did. And that really mentally zapped him. So yeah. we had so many good game plans and, you know, such a, a small ring IQ is so elite that people don't, don't you know, believe in my boxing skills. They don't think I'm this great boxer. They think I'm more, more heart and, mm. and um, they don't see my footwork. They don't see my reaction, the, yeah. my, the speed, the, the explosive power. Like I was saying to everybody before the fight, mm. this, this is what I have, this is what I possess. So yeah. they learn the hard way. And, you know, <laughs> these next guys, these, whoever we fight next, the Haney, the Lomachenko, <coughs> the Tank, the Garcia, mm. rematch with Lopez, they're all going to, Lopez will get the same fate, but the rest of them are going to all learn. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so in, in the ring, when, when you're landing the shots you're landing, it, was, it almost, was it almost kind of like this is the way it's supposed to happen? Like you could just, this was, it, everything was clicking for you kind of thing? Yeah, it was. Everything just, just the way I visualised it, the way I manifested it, just picking him apart, mm. using my speed, outboxing him, outmuscling him on the inside, the body work. Uh, the angles that I was creating, everything was the way it was meant to be. You know what? There was uh, what I loved, and you were doing it uh, in the later rounds. Um, what Manny does a lot, where bouncing his feet, yeah, yeah. and and it was just such a strong message to send to him. Like, I'm, say, I'm still here. Yeah. I'm still. I'm and fresh. I could go twenty rounds if you yeah. if you want. Well, I was, oh, oh, well, <clears throat> telling the commissioner we should do fifteen rounds. <laughs> like, let's do fifteen. While, while we're here at MSG, we're in yep. New York. Let's go old school. Man. Let's do fifteen. Let's see who. Uh, who really wants it, you know? Mate, it was, but, um, um, yeah, your conditioning was just just yeah. perfect for the fight. Um, okay, so you get your hand raised. What's that, you know, what's the feeling like? Oh, it's a beautiful right? feeling. Yeah. Great feeling, you know, all the hard years, you know, to, to win these belts. My dad's there lifting me up. The crowd's going nuts. My yeah. wife's there. My coaches, you know, everyone. Mm. You know, my, my whole team was, was there and very excited. But then um, literally just, again, I'm grounded again. Mm. I'm thinking like, you know, what's next? Never content, you know, and it's the funny thing is like, your whole life you, you chase this, you chase to make good, good money, but that's all come. But I'm not, I'm not, you know, I haven't lost my hunger. Yeah. I'm hungrier than ever. Mm. I'm never content, so mm. for the love of the sport, it's for what I do best in the ring, you know, for, for the legacy, so, you know, it was cool. Won the belts, done our interviews, went up to the room, got the checks. Mm. And then uh, the doctor checked, sorry. And then um, literally got to go in the ambulance. Yep. You know, the belt stayed back. The managers and, all, and the trainers all took the belts. And I literally just, um, you know, sat in the ambulance with my father and my wife. And that, <coughs> once that door closed, just silent. Mm. And that's when it kind of really sunk in. Yeah, yeah. We just done it. But that's like, you know what you just done? Yeah. The greatest Australian fight ever. A hundred percent, bro. No, I told you. We said we're going to do this. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's new. It's not like yep. it was a shock. It's not like we landed a lucky shot and we knew yep. we got no chance here. That's why I love we the points win. We knew we were going to win this fight. I love the points win. And if, I, if I had no knocked him out in that round one, they would have said in the whole world, oh, it was a lucky 100%, shot. hundred percent, yeah. But I got to show so much. I got to show yep. the adversity. And, you know, sometimes the worst thing that can happen to a fighter is scoring an early knockdown. Yeah. Because then they get content. Yeah. I think it's going to be an easy night. Yep. But like we stayed focused on the game plan, round by round. Mm. I'll knock you down 30 times in round one. Mm. I'm still going to stay to my game plan. Yep. It doesn't matter. You know what you did for me? It was awesome. But we in that fight. So 2017 had a massive argument online yeah. with like Aussie boxing fans. And I was like, Cambosis is our best boxer pound yeah. for pound. 
and they were like, nah, bro, like, like, you know, blowing up at me. And I'm like, bro, Kambosis is our best boxer, pound yeah. for pound. This is 2017. Then, yeah. Long internet argument. Anyway, all the people that still follow the page, when you won, say so like, right. bro, you were right. You, you were yeah, right. Yeah. So you did that for me. No, you like, did. Yeah, you, I remember <laughs> I saw it. And they just, um, you know, they, 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 they just kept trying to deny it. You know, mm. no matter what I was doing even before this fight, just kept trying to deny it. You know, a lot of the mainstream media didn't want to come to, to the mm. party. Mm. Now they have, which is great. And I could be a real, I got, I'm the shot caller now. I can say, you know, I'm not dealing with any of you. Yeah, yeah. I've got massive social media. I could just live off my social media. Absolutely. You know, stories and, and, and put what I want to put out there. Yeah. But I'm not like that. You know, I, I build these relationships and I move forward. Absolutely. You know, for, for the long game. But um, there's still certain people that just don't want to just give me that credit. Yeah, you know, give you that. In the, in, the, in the boxing circles. But, you know, they can't deny it anymore. I look at these belts and how can you deny it? How yeah. can you not say that this guy, the hardest way, no one gave it to me. No one, no. no one, you know, some people get mandatory positions. They haven't even fought for a mandatory or mm. eliminator. Yeah. I had to go earn it against a former world champion in mm. his backyard. Then I had to go and take everything off him. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Even even like little things like, for example, you're an Aussie boxer. We don't have a good system here. Mm. Our gyms are good, but they're not like America or yeah. even in Europe. Like so, little things like, you know, it's kind of like a a soccer player here going to Brazil, yeah, and beating pl players in yeah. Brazil that have been developed developed there yeah. in Brazil. Like Lopez came from the <clears throat> amateur circuit. Yeah. You know, Selby came from the UK amateur circuit. Mm. Mickey Bay was such an established amateur. Mm. You know, Lopez went to the Olympics. Yep. You know, he was the he was the Olympian for the US team. Mm. And then the way they work on a point system, so even if you win the trials, doesn't mean you're gonna go. So they I don't know for whatever reason, political reason, they didn't let him go. Oh really? So he went and qualified from for Honduras. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he went to the Olympics. Mm. Um so that amateur pedigree, like we had a great amateur pedigree here, but it's not not the same level. Not the same. Yeah. And again, I've come from the amateur, you know, grounds from here. Mm. Yeah, that's why they talk about like um, who's the greatest fighter here in Australia, mm. you know. And obviously, Costas is a, a great fighter. Mm. Didn't come from our amateur system. Mm. You know, Jeff Fennick done great things too. You know, Chuck Mundine, all these guys. But you know. Some people will, will, will say yes, some people will say no. That's for, for the world to see. But in my mind, I know three, four years ago, in my mind, I said I'm going to be the greatest mm. fighter this country ever, has ever developed. Mm. I've come from the local, yeah. you know, from the clubs. Mm. And no one's done it, what, what, what I just achieved. So we keep doing more and more. You know, this is not, it's not even halfway through the book in my yeah. mind. I'm only 28. Absolutely. You're not even, not even your prime. No, is, I haven't hit my prime. I really yep. haven't hit my prime. And that fight. <clears throat> You know, I believe it was like 15, 20%. Mm. There's things that I was doing inspiring that, uh, you know, the world still hasn't seen. Mm. So these guys, these Haney's, Lomachenko's, Tank, Garcia, they think they saw certain things. Yeah. Every fight I evolve, I get better and better. Mm. So Absolutely. When you were in the ring and he said, I feel I run, won 11-2, <laughs> and then he said 10-2, you were so calm and collected. Yeah. Like a lot of people would have said, are you serious? Show me some respect, like yeah. have some respect. What, what did you feel when he said that? Were you just like, what? Well, I knew that he was just gonna make a fool of himself. So I just let him talk, let him talk. <laughs> yeah, cause, you know. cause a lot of fighters would have been like, get out of here, like what are you yeah, doing? I could have, I could have, yeah. I got all the book, I could have pushed him or whatever, mm. I already beat you up. So mm. I just let him talk and mm. I could, honestly, I feel that he was concussed. He took yeah. so, many, so many shots. He must have Then been. he said, I've, I've, I've been away from my kid for so long. He was only born. 10 days ago, 11 days ago. Yeah. 
I knew he was concussed. Okay. Eleven two, nothing made sense. So yeah. I just let him go. Yeah. Grabbed his hand. Look, forget all this stuff. Forget the, the fight, win, mm. loss, win, lose or draw. Go home, be with your son, be with your mm. kid. Yeah. You know, and uh, rest up and come back. But mm. it's gonna be a long road for him. You handled you know, it like a, a so respectful, which I I really appreciated yeah. as an Aussie because like oh, you know you're, you're Australian Greek, you represent the Greek community, you represent the Australian community. Yeah. I think he just represented us so well in that moment of being like, look, he's hand, he's carrying on, but. I'm not gonna. And I even said, "Hey, let's do it again. Mm. Do it in Australia." Absolutely, you he know? did. He didn't want it though. Do it again. No, he no, didn't no, want it for a fact. They don't want nothing to do with it anymore. So, all the best to him. I, yeah. I never, um, like I said, I got a lot of respect for, for him and and uh, everyone that I fought. Mm. Um, I wish them all the best with whatever they do. And again, you never know what happens in yep. the future. You never know that he moves up to 140, and mm. um, you know you cross paths like Mickey Bay, me and Mickey Bay cross paths. So good with, with talking. Yeah. Um, you don't know if we're training together. You yeah. don't. Know, you just don't know. In Absolutely. This, in, this, in this fight game. Um, okay. So then the post, the post fight press conference tour, press tour. Tour, yeah. So <laughs> the American you, tour. <laughs> the American tour. It was, it was so smart, bro. You absolutely nailed it. You were yeah. everywhere. So you obviously went on Joe Rogan. Walk, walk yeah. us through, like the whole the whole Rogan experience in the sense of like driving up to it do you walk down a where is it like not as in don't give us the address yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, do you know what i mean though like do you walk into is it just a chill room like this or yeah look the the, the whole tour was was unbelievable and to finish it off on joe rogan <laughs> was massive um they flew us in they put us up and they said look there'll be a a, a van to get you guys um we'll take you to the destination you don't need to know the address so you don't know the address okay I'll take you there i'll just wait to put the uh, <laughs> to put the yeah. uh, black, black thing over yeah the here. black thing over here so we don't know exactly what's going on what we walk into just a normal place yeah normal yeah. place and uh, went in there we done a rapid COVID test yeah so obviously very uh, you know safe. they check all that for yeah. the safety and um, there comes Joe he had his scooter then all of a sudden Joe comes out and yeah so we well, start talking about the fire and we start talking about all types of stuff and yeah. he's like no no let's leave this for the podcast okay, I don't want to get too crazy I don't want to yeah. forget things yep. I don't want to I want to leave this for the podcast and mm. just yeah we uh, we chopped it off for two hours and just had a great time you know so and good. then I went to the airport straight away yep. and uh, flew to Sydney wow. but just that whole tour was amazing you know yeah. we went to Vegas for the Haney fight mm. done the commentary there stole the show on the, on the Haney fight yep. um, then we went to the tank fight mm. you know uh, it was crazy the tank fight the Staples Centre just getting in there was nuts. I couldn't move. You know, wow. everyone was just photos and yeah. you know, the same crazy footage online. I finally sit down and um, as I was taking photos with, with people and the fans, the uh, camera had come up for the for the fights mm. and they took a video of me taking uh, with the fans and I turned around. I'm the number one lightweight, the best lightweight in the world. No yeah. one that tanks fighting. So um, they started on the big screen mm. up on the Staples Center, showing yeah. all the uh, basketball players. All the big name players not getting okay cheers and they showed me and the whole stadium just erupted oh man i couldn't i was like me <laughs> going <laughs> nuts me. and um <laughs> i checked my twitter and all the big you know boxing uh journos and media guys they go they can't believe the rise of cambosis yeah. like just got the biggest cheer of the night yeah out of everyone yeah you know so it's cool it's been crazy then trying to get out of this of the oh. stable center we could not get out oh, uh screwed out to come yeah take us out we went for the, the back car park and then as we got out of the car park people were just like they knew they were waiting with with photos and gloves yeah. and we literally ran to the hotel not chasing us to the hotel <laughs> which oh, was cool yeah. um look it's and i sat there taking mm. photos signing uh it was it was very surreal 
what was the um, you know you're sitting there with Joe Rogan like what's what's the vibe of it is it is it chill is yeah. it cruisy just is chill just yeah like just whatever? chill just uh, just like another man another yeah. guy and just just um, doing his thing yeah uh, just doing his thing yeah you know talking and um, just going through whatever comes yeah. throughout the podcast mm. so I love you know podcasts are great because you get to just like even just now we just went through certain things that I just thought of yeah you know, it opens up your mind you start to think of mm. of certain things so you know, I love doing good podcasts, and um, obviously, always been a pleasure doing it with you and doing it with Joe Rogan was was amazing Crazy, too. You know, bro. so good. Um, okay, so the tank fight, the Haney fight, who impressed you more? Um, throughout that fight, Haney, Haney impressed me more. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he showed more skills. Tank fight was was a very close fight with Cruz. I know Cruz is very awkward, mm. um, so Haney obviously impressed me more. Mm. Then you had Lomachenko fight. You know, the whole world got excited about Lomachenko. Oh. What a fight! He's back. He's back. Mm. Yeah, okay, he's back. But who did he just beat? Was that Richard Comey? Who I, I love Richard. He's a good, great guy. But mm. facts are facts. Mm. Was that Richard the one that got knocked out against Lopez in two rounds? Mm. Or did he, did uh, Lama beat Nakatani that Lopez beat as well? Mm. So you know, there's, there's certain aspects. <clears throat> but again, I never close the door on any of these guys. I could yep. fight Lomachenko, fight Haney. Um, really, at at this point, it's going to be a big name. It's going to be one of the, 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 the big names in the US, like I said, them guys. Mm. But I haven't pinpointed anyone yet. Yep. I'm waiting. I'm the shot caller. But again, these guys got big promoters. So they need to show the contracts. Yeah, absolutely. Or else we can really do what we want. Yeah, absolutely. Or we can offer them, you know, what it is. And, and mm. you know, we take full control. So, um, mm. yeah, we are, we are waiting. It's, it's a period now, the holiday period. You know, once mid-Jan comes... I'm sure there's going to be a lot of exciting uh, things on the table and yep. we go for there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and now, a bit, a bit of footy chat, a bit of rugby league chat. Your boys, the Roosters. Yeah, just not, not uh, too flash this year. A lot of yeah, injuries. A lot of injuries, A lot bro. of injuries. So hopefully next year, yep. you know, we, uh, we have a better year. Yep. Um, yeah. I love the Roosters, you know. Uncle yep. Nick as well, got a good relationship. <laughs> okay. so. Who knows? Um, good old Uncle supposed Nick. to catch up with him soon. Okay. He's in Greece at the moment, so... Yep. Um, Oh, so Who knows? Maybe I can Greek, get a run. He? Yeah, he's, he's Greek. Greek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you're, you're Greek as well, aren't yeah. you? Oh, jeez. It's taking yeah, over. The Greeks you, are taking over. No, you're taking over. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe I can get a run. Just put me on the bench and Mate. come into the dummy Utility. half. 14. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I tell you what, I wouldn't want to get in a stink. <laughs> no, no, I'll be straight in there. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, I mean, what an incredible journey. What, what, what's one thing that you reckon you've learned, you learned about yourself over the last 12 months? <laughs> You know, no matter what, you know, what success comes my way, mm. no matter what, you know, the belts, you know, you stay focused and stay remi- uh, remain the, the person you are. Mm. Keep my feet on the ground. Yeah. You know, I'm a family man. I've got my kids and uh, that's what matters to me the most. You know, at the end of the day, this one day will only be these yeah. material things. My kids will be the most. So, you know, I stay focused on, on what really matters in life. But, you know, I, lo- I love boxing, mm. you know. Like I said, I die for boxing. Yeah. I was prepared to die in that ring to win this fight. Mm. Something I told my wife, you know, before the fight, I said, look, yeah. if anything happens, I'm ready to die in this, this ring tonight. Well, yeah. Everything's for the kids, for the family. Mm. Um, but the most important thing I've learned is to, to stay humble, you know, yeah. and uh, continue that relentless, ruthless drive that I have, mm. you know, in, in boxing, in uh, the business side of, 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 of the boxing and uh, the sporting world. Yeah. What's, um, what's been the funnest part of it? Uh, getting to fight Lopez yeah. after the... You know, the, the continu- continuous date changes, yeah. you know, the, the postponements, 
getting to fight Lopez and uh, getting to do what I did against him and getting to collect these belts. Man, so good, so good. All right, I ask all the boys this, favourite rapper of all time? I've asked you this yeah, three yeah. times now. Uh, I love DMX. Uh, DMX. Yeah, I, I, love, I really love DMX. Uh, you know, the, the crazy thing is, Trilla, they got all their connections with the big artists. Oh, you yeah. Know, and um, when I first went over to the US, you know, for the preparation, I had to do the promo work with, with Trilla. And they go, who do you want to walk you out? Because Lopez was supposed to have Meek Mill. No go, who do you want? And DMX hadn't passed away at that time. I yeah. go, I want DMX. No All right, let's work, let's work it out. Because they got the Versus app, which Swiss Beats is involved yep. in. Swiss Beats and DMX, obviously, yep. they're, they're together. Um, they get DMX to go, I will make it happen. Yep. I swear, like a week later, he overdoses and no obviously way. whatever happened to him, yeah, yeah. passed away. Uh, so yeah. he was gone. Then after that, I was like, you know what? I don't want no artist. Yeah. Like, I'm going to come out with my music like I always have. And uh, yeah. Lopez can come out with whatever he wants. Absolutely. You know, I'm focused on the job. Absolutely. But, um, I love, yeah, DMX is, yeah, he's one of my favorites. Mate, good old, they, they pump you up that music. Yeah, That's good really training good, music. Good, good training music, yeah. Good training music. Um, would you, you know, what's your take on, you know, Jake Paul, he, the only reason why I ask you is because, you know, you're a boxer. Yeah. You know, it's very easy for non-boxers to be like, stuff jake paul and this that and don't get me wrong like he does some crazy stuff outside the ring i'm not talking talking about any of that i personally like i've got a lot of respect for him because getting in the ring is hard but even even though he's fighting mma fighters and and whatever it's still he's still training his ass off like a boxer and like he's not going to be a a world champion i don't i like that's not really i mean maybe it is his goal i'm not sure what as a professional boxer do you think do you enjoy that it brings more eyes to the sport or do you feel that it's not pure you know what i mean what's yeah. it like no I, I like what he's doing he's fully committed he's fully focused and committed on, on boxing mm. i'm sure he's got a million things going on in his life but he's fully focused and committed and when we spoke you know literally two days ago mm. you know and um i was saying man what a beautiful shot you landed you faked it. i saw what he did yeah and you good. get idiots saying oh, i was a fake shot Oh, you take the shot and oh, see if it's a fake a shot. Break. It was a beautiful shot. And I saw the and way he, he faked it. it. Yeah. And, and he come back and told me a few things. That the way he set it up, I go, that's exactly yep. the way, yeah. Absolutely. So he's taking this full shoot. He's got a proper team. Yeah. Um, people forget, he already beat Tyrone Woodley. He was supposed to fight Tommy Fury. He was a proper boxer. He's an actual he's boxer. An actual boxer. Yeah. Until Fury pulled out. Yeah. So it's not his fault. No, pulled no out. Way. So people saying he's got to fight a real boxer. Well, yeah. He was meant to fight a real boxer. Absolutely. So who could they get that made most sense? We'll do the rematch because it was a good fight with mm. Woodley. Mm-hmm. So um, look, the next fight, they're talking about Chavez Jr., who's a mm. former world champion. Mm. Be a great, be awesome to see him Absolutely. Uh, do that. So mm. look, I like him, he's a, he's a good guy. Mm. You know, we speak on a regular now and um, we'll see. I'm, I, I know he's very excited to come to Australia, you know, real soon. So, oh shit, yeah. oh shit. So there'll, <laughs> be, uh, there'll be uh, some cool stuff Mate, soon. A link up, how good. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, yeah, look, I'm always with the mind. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, there's pure boxing, and and you've got your guys, the heart of the sport, and you want them to earn as much money as possible. But they earn more money with more eyes on the sport, yeah. and so it's all, it's similarish to the footy, you know, footy players fighting. Look, it's not high quality. It's actually really bad. No, that's right. It's whoever wants to pay for it. That's yeah. on them, you know. And if you get what you get, or you're not happy, that's it's your problem. It's part of life, you know. Yeah. But you know, they are bringing different eyes on the sport mm. um for me you know I, I don't get too mixed up in it yeah like you know, i know so. before i used to get frustrated with with the footy boys because yeah. obviously i was on the come up and i wasn't getting the exposure absolutely but you know they're getting in there all the mm. best to them yeah you know um people know 
you got that that kind of fighting absolutely and they get that certain crowd yeah then you got elite real fighting you know yeah. right here absolutely which you get, you're gonna get the whole loss so absolutely i wish them all the best and um mm. you know that's that's anyone that steps inside them ropes you know no matter if you're fighting the journeyman or you know the the, the pound for pound top uh, 2025 of the year yeah he's got yeah. all the belts in his hometown yeah you know you, you got to show respect because again one shot could be the end absolutely absolutely mate Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming on the podcast, bro. Absolute legend, man. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. And uh, looking forward to, you know, bigger and better things. I don't know. Mate. People are like, how can you get bigger and better after doing all this? But um, there is more. Never content and more to come. And uh, always a pleasure. Thank bro, you. Bro, you know, we're 100% behind you. Know, Bloke yeah. in a bar has been behind Cambosis long for, time, for a yeah. long time now, bro. You so anything that you do will be pumping up. But no, I appreciate um, it. Thank you so all much. All done. Boom.